Episode 469, Your Stories Don't Define You, But How You Tell Them Will, with Sarah Elkins. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. And it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff, and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com forward slash masterclass and you can get this completely free 45 minute training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker and thought leader in under 12 months without desperately chasing and wasting your time on the wrong opportunities. That training is brand new for 2021. You can jump over there. It really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. Get an unfair advantage on the competition. All right, have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. Get to the podcast. Okay, enjoy the show. This week we have Sarah Elkins on the line. She is a storyteller, author, and speaker. And we're going to be talking about how your stories don't define you. But firstly, Sarah, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> I try to do that every day. <laughs> exactly. That was a very brief introduction by me. What are you all about at the moment? And what would you like to add or highlight? Well, um, I would love to add that everybody has uh, personal stories that are great to share and they don't have to be epic. They don't have to be, I nearly died once. They don't have to be, I met the celebrity once. I think the more important stories that you can share with people are the personal stories that were meaningful to you, not epic. I love that. I'm thinking of a, a gentleman who's like a really famous, inspirational, motivational speaker or whatever you want to call it. He's a professional speaker and he like right to the top of that game where a lot of his peers have that, oh, I climbed Everest or I, would, I was dead and, you know, this happened, that happened. And he's like, don't have any of that, but he's just entertaining, legendary speaker. Because I feel like, a, like what you said there, a lot of people say, oh, if I was an Olympian or if, if I had almost died or if I had, you know, done the world's highest bungee jump or whatever it is, then I would do this or I would be able to do that. So I, I like the way this is potentially going to go. Talk to us briefly about your origins. Where are you speaking to us from today? Where are you originally from? Well, I am speaking to you from Helena, Montana, which is the capital of Montana in the United States. And um, we moved here from Washington, D.C. 21 years ago when we had a six-month-old baby. Um, and I was actually born in Washington, D.C., but we moved around a lot. I went to four different elementary schools, and then we settled in in Colorado Springs. Um, so Ooh. I went to college in Fort Collins, Colorado for my undergrad, got my business degree from there. And then I had a paid internship in Washington, DC. So it was full circle. I was born there, moved around, went back. And, um, I met my husband about, a, oh, probably a year and a half after I moved to Washington, DC. Um, and then surprisingly enough, I asked him to marry me eight months after we met. And awesome. that's actually Alpha a, pretty <laughs> it's a pretty entertaining story. Um, oh, there was yeah, pl please share. <laughs> okay. It was um, 1996, 
And there was a huge snowstorm in Washington, D.C. in January of 1996, like huge. It shut down the metro, the, the subway. It shut down the government. And this was um, right after Newt Gingrich, the Speaker of the House at the time, had shut down the government because of the budget. So there were days and days, and I was a government contractor, and my husband was uh, working for a quasi-government agency. So we were stuck in his apartment all through this um, snowstorm. It was a huge blizzard. And our mayor at the time was Marion Berry, who was a, he had come back from being arrested for crack and, and, um, <laughs> and, uh, <Blimey. laughs> he was, yeah. And he came and, back um, from that. He, came, he back. came back from that. So our crackhead mayor Blimey. had decided not to maintain the winter um, snow removal equipment for Washington, D.C. because he said, oh, we don't really get snow here. So we only had like a handful of snow plows for the whole city. And we're crackhead talking major blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> Shut down everything. So I'm stuck in this one bedroom apartment with this guy that I'd been dating eight months. And we had, he had a giant lab who was 80 pounds and I had a big cat. So the four of us are stuck in this apartment. And um, after about the seventh or eighth day, we're getting ready to go back to work because it's finally, the government's reopened. We're going to go back to work. And I was talking to my sister on the phone. She said, where are you anyway? I said, oh, I'm at Bob's. And she said, still? And I said, well, yeah, it's blizzard. We couldn't, we couldn't really leave. The car was totally snowed in. The metro was shut down. She said, Sarah, I love you and we've lived together, but I don't think I could spend that much time with you. I, I, it's amazing that you still like him. Do you still like him? And I was like, yeah, actually, I still like him. And this is, my sister knew me at the time for being the three date woman, like three dates and then I would be done. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So, so did your sister basically say, you should marry this guy in a joking way? <laughs> no, she, she may as well have. Those words didn't cross her mouth because she knew that I had no intention of ever getting married, much less having oh, children. Wow. That was not in my game plan. And, uh, but she said, wow, I can't believe you still like him. And hmm. I got off the phone with her and I was like, I can't believe I still like him. There must be something serious about this. Let's, let's and, invest. There must be something in this. <laughs> so I walked into the room where he was on the couch and watching TV. And um, I snuggled up on him and I said, hey. And he looked at me, he smiled. He had the sweetest smile, still has the sweetest smile. He has <laughs> these long eyelashes that hit the edges of his glasses because they're so long. And I'm looking at him and I said, will you marry me? And he looked at me, his eyes got really big. He said, what? And I said, um, will you marry me? <laughs> now I'm starting to question my impulsive behavior, yeah. which I should have been questioning impulsive behavior for decades, but before that, but um, <laughs> I said, um, will you marry me? He said, are you serious? And I said, uh, yes. <laughs> and he said, uh, yeah, yes, of course. Of course I'll marry you. <laughs> so relieved. I thought I might have just really screwed up the best thing that's ever happened to me. That, yeah, that could have that, that gone another way, definitely. May 31st, which is the date of my publishing of my first book, um, is also our 23rd wedding anniversary. 23rd? Wow. You guys must be baby-faced assassins. You, I don't, you don't look old enough to have 23rd of an anniversary. Wow, that's impressive. Oh, thank you, um, I'll take it. 
<laughs> what is the name of your book as well? It's I mean, called Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will. And it's based on the podcast I've been recording for a couple of years. Perfect. And on that note, because if you didn't say it, I was going to say, what a great story. And, and you told it so well. Talk to us about the concept of, you know, your stories don't define us. It's how you tell them will. I realized this as I was um, interviewing people for my podcast. And I realized it before that as I was coaching people for public speaking and communication coaching. I realized that people don't realize how their stories change their perceptions of themselves and change the perceptions people have of them. So when I tell a story, it's very intentional. It, mm. it goes along with the brand that I build. And again, it's very intentional. So when I share a story like the one I just shared, it's because I want people to know me in a certain way. Mm. Now, if I told that story more as a victim or more as um, a, a less intentional person, then you would learn something completely different about me. And that's not bad or good, but it's about the intention behind it. And I learned this as I was coaching somebody who was dating and she had gone out on a date with a guy who was telling her all these horrible stories about his ex-girlfriends and his ex-wife. And that was their first date. And oh. <laughs> we had this great conversation. Red flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I said, um, did you stop him? She's like, no. And I said, do you do that when you go out on dates? Do you tell stories about your exes? And she got very quiet. And I said, if you got that impression from him that you wouldn't want to date a guy that was going to talk like that, but you do the same thing, what did you learn from that? And she got really quiet. She's like, I need to stop telling stories of my exes. Wow. <laughs> that is pow powerful stuff. Um, yeah. So how you said your podcast has been going a few years. Talk to us a little bit about you know, the decision to start a podcast and how that journey has been as well. And oh. I suppose, I mean, we talked about the, the story was so good. I was just like so into the story, but the awakening moment of maybe not, that was a kind of a personal thing, but I mean, in terms of this is the avenue I'm going to go down and this is what I'm going to do. And it may have, there may be a couple of key points in your life where you're like, ah, something happened that I mean, marriage thing there definitely and kind of <laughs> sent you down this path to, you know, speaking to me today. And so you've got your podcast, the books coming out. Talk to us about that. Well, there, there are two stories here. One is um, when I started the no longer virtual conference, which is a small intimate group of under 50 people that meet every year um, to, to learn from each other and grow and contribute to each other's network. And I was interested in awesome this. Conference. Yeah, this is, now mm -hmm. I'm putting it all together. This is, yeah, no, this is awesome. And you managed to squeeze, you got this in this year again, didn't you? Just before I everything did. went, yes. See, it's all, yes. it's all connecting now in my brain. Yes. Oh, I remember. <laughs> it was crazy. No, because I was interested yeah. in, in supporting or speaking or just be, you know, be, I just think it's a great concept. And yeah, obviously you, you managed to get it in this year again <laughs> before. I uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> before things It was changed. half the size it was supposed to be. Um, because people started canceling as of like March 9th, people started canceling and the conference was March 12th and 13th. Yeah. So, um, I was en route on the 10th and was getting cancellations. So uh, like I couldn't cancel at that point. I knew people were already on their way. I had somebody coming in from the UK and, um, people coming from all over the U S and Canada. So I had a handful of people say you should cancel. 
But the majority of the people that I was talking to Monday and Tuesday were saying, no, of course we're going to do this. We're already on our way. Mm -hmm. So I didn't cancel it. And 20 people were in the room. It was supposed to be 40. And um, it was outstanding, Adam. It I was, bet, yeah, those who had gone the extra mile to get there. Yeah. yeah, everyone was fully engaged. And at one point, so all day Thursday, people are getting these really uncomfortable discouraging and scary email messages and phone calls. The kids aren't going back to school after spring break. Um, your job is on the line. Yeah, because I was at a conference, just... the same thing. Yeah, and everyone, yeah. it was just, it was just, but to, like the start of the conference to the end, it was like a lot happened. <laughs> a light switch, right? Like, no, it was more like a dimmer switch that went <laughs> yeah, full that, on within 24 it was, hours. It felt like he was in a movie. It was like, got to get back home. Before, like a vampire movie before Planes, the sun trains, sets. and automobiles, right? People trying everyone, to get home. Everyone was saying to me like, oh, you know, you, I always thought you was crazy living up in Northern Michigan in the wilderness. You're looking pretty smart now. And I'm like, well, I'm not because I'm here. I've got to get back there first. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Same with being in Montana from Chicago. We were in Chicago, but what was interesting oh, was yeah. the end of the day, we're getting ready to do our um, field trip. It was the first year that we actually did this exercise that included a field trip and I had bought tickets. I gave a huge donation to the Art Institute of Chicago this year because I bought 35 tickets and only 18 of them were used. <laughs> um, but we, I was giving out the tickets and I said, before you leave, I want to give some housekeeping announcements. And we were talking about dinner that night. And I said, look, I know a lot of you have received very disturbing email messages, um, very concerning phone calls about kids, about schools. I want you to know that you are in exactly the right place right now. And I know you would prefer to be at home with your family to start off this very strange transition, transformation that we're going to experience in the next few years. But I'm telling you, this is the group that can help you. If you go home right now, your husband, your partner, your children, they can't help you solve the business problems that you are going to face in the next few months. But this group, this group can. So mm. you are in exactly the right place. I know you're uncomfortable, but take everything in that you can over these two days because you're going to need us. This network, we're going to need each other. And you could just kind of see this dropping of the shoulders and people realizing that they were, that that was true. They were in exactly the right place at the beginning of this transformation of our global community. So it's pretty powerful. Awesome. And, and I took, you, I took you completely off track when I had asked like, yeah, you know, the, the, yeah but let's go back to that. But I think it was okay. good to, you know, go into that. Yeah. So this actually is a perfect transition between stories because Neil Hughes was one of the people that came for the conference in Chicago from the UK. And he, we've been connected on LinkedIn for probably six or seven years. We've been close friends. And for the second No Longer Virtual, which happened in Denver in 2018 in February, um, he said, I'm not going to miss it. I was gutted to miss the first one. I'm not going to miss this one. And I said, what I had in mind for you was to do a panel, a Q&A kind of panel for how to build your brand across multiple platforms. And since you've been doing this podcast, since the beginning of podcasts, he did the Tech Blog Writer podcast. Okay. And he is amazing. he's been doing it since then. He has over a thousand episodes. Um, he's just a phenomenal podcaster. So I said, I think it'd be really cool if you helped somebody step-by-step step start a podcast prior to the conference. And then at the conference, 
we could walk through what it took to start this podcast, all the good, the bad, and the ugly that happened and what oh, you no might idea. have done differently. So I reached out to three different people that had said they were interested in starting a podcast and all three of them turned me down. For one reason or another, all three of them, like free, this is like a $20,000 gift in now in, in day's money, it's like a $20,000 and they turned it down. And he said, Sarah, you're a professional storyteller. You're a communication coach. You're a writer. This would be a perfect combination. A podcast would be a perfect combination for what you already do. Why aren't you? So you didn't have your podcast at that point. You didn't I have did your not podcast. have my podcast. At oh that my point. goodness. Sometimes you're too close to stuff and you just can't <laughs> exactly. see it. So I was like, uh, let's just oh. join these dots. And you're like, <laughs> Oh, I can't exactly. believe these people aren't taking him up on this offer. <laughs> if only there was someone. <laughs> that is awesome. And somebody else had to say, Sarah, hello, wake up, knock, knock, who's there? So I... Fly. I oh, man. And of course, my first yeah. thought was, oh, no, I can't take on another project right now. <laughs> and then I bit my tongue so hard it almost bled because that was a stupid thing to even think, much less say out loud. And oh, I reached man. out to Neil and I said, okay, I'm it. I, I'm the one. And he goes, oh gosh, I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> and I said, why didn't you say that in the first place? <laughs> he said, I didn't want to pressure you. I know you're already putting together the conference. The last thing you want to do is be part of a session when you're already yeah. doing. And conferences. Like I mean, I suppose it's like, like you said about you. You know, comfort as well and being adaptable and stuff like that. I mean, podcasts for me, this is, this is my comfort zone now, but live events when I hear you know and what you're doing and like going to events and it's canceling all that sort of stuff that went on and I was so feeling for people not people who are attendees because that was me and you'd be like oh this is a shame my conferences got cancelled I'm thinking whatever what about the people who are running these conferences and I'm just like regardless of you know even if it's not cancelled or you know just a normal conference that's a lot to put on and a lot of moving parts and you know, I've, I've dabbled and I've done that before. And that's the thing that is, that is a stretch for me. That is like, Whoa. wow. <laughs> the event planning was never a big stretch for me, but putting my own money into it. Oh yeah. That was a big stretch for me. Yeah. Oh, I could plan someone else's event. Don't worry about that. <laughs> exactly. So I, I did do the podcast. Obviously it has been over two years. I have 120 episodes out there every Tuesday. It's been published. Um, and Neil has continued to do the work with me do and they kind of leads on your podcast me, uh yes almost every week sometimes <laughs> yes i know i can't believe i didn't interview yet you yet um but it sometimes i'll do a monologue like i'll have a really intense thought as i'm hiking on the mountain behind my house and i'll write up a blog post and then i will record it as a monologue and um they're usually about 10 to 12 minutes and i get really great feedback on those i think that's important i do the same you know i don't i don't hike on the mountain behind me because we don't have no mountains here but i got the great lakes but <laughs> i think it's important to do that and you know oh, i love the outdoors when you talked about you know hiking on the great i mean on the great lakes on the mountain behind you i i really like that visual yeah well i've been doing 30 seconds of calm videos on instagram throughout mm -hmm. this um confinement that we've had because i have that luxury of being able to go out and there's literally a mountain behind my house it's about mm. a thousand foot climb from my home to the summit 
and um, and I I'm on that mountain almost every day. So a lot of those 30 second of calm videos, if you do hashtag 30 seconds of calm, you'll see my mountain on a lot of them. Yesterday's post was uh, me actually hiking. So you can see the trail. You can see my dog in front I'm of me. Write this down. I'm genuinely going to do this. Yeah. And it, I started it. And this is a great transition into the next part of our conversation, the topic you wanted to talk about. I started doing this because I needed a job. Um, I had at least six keynotes scheduled. Like my career had just taken that tipping point into being completely scheduled for keynotes at conferences this year. Mm -hmm. And all but one of them canceled and only one of them turned to virtual. So I'm, I was scrambling and trying to get more of my coaching clients to mm. schedule coaching appointments because I can do that on Zoom and I've been doing that on Zoom. Um, but I needed a job, an everyday job. I'm not a routine person, but I am a habit person. Yeah. And so I started going up on the mountain and recording 30 seconds. I'd have to find a spot where I could stop and breathe and be calm for 30 seconds. And for me, 30 seconds is kind of a long time. <laughs> I'm a little hyperactive, impulsive. And um, so I started doing it. And when I started sharing them on Instagram, I had friends that are really confined in New York City, in Chicago, in Los Angeles. And they started writing me notes saying, those 30 seconds are my calm during the day. I feel like I'm right there with you. So I started to think, and you, you mentioned that awakening moment, my aha moment this morning. And here's where that comes in. When I've, I'm doing these 30 seconds of calm, that's, that's for me, that's enough. But for most people, this kind of transition and transformation, this uncertainty makes them extremely uncomfortable, fearful, anxious, depressed. Um, I live in this place my periods of comfort are much shorter than my periods of transition. But most people don't live like that. Most people need long periods of comfort and short periods of transition. So this morning, I realized that even I'm uncomfortable right now. And if I am uncomfortable with this long period of transition and uncertainty, I can't even imagine how my friends are doing who really don't live here. They're not used mm. to it. So I laid out my yoga mat and I'm not a yoga person. I just, I get bored too easily. I, I told you a little hyperactive, but I was laying on my yoga mat trying to do some mindfulness exercises, um, cl not clearing my head, but being more comfortable with my thoughts and paying attention to my breathing. And something popped into my head, an exercise that I think will be helpful for a lot of people. I started thinking about what I am certain of. What am I certain of right now in this moment that can bring me comfort? I am certain that right now in this moment, my family, my siblings, my kids are healthy and safe right now in this moment. And right now in this moment, I am completely confident and certain that I have a pantry with food in it and a refrigerator with food in it. And that we are gonna be okay right now, today, in this moment, I am certain that we have enough food for the next two days. So I'm not thinking more than two days ahead. I'm actually like right now in this moment, I am certain 
that my schedule today, my calendar today has these two things in it that I'm looking forward to. And your call was one of them. And I had this epiphany as I was laying on the floor, realizing that those certainties are the important certainties. And I can't be certain of anything outside of that right now, but I can be certain of these things. And I shared that with a friend who is struggling. This morning we had a phone call and I shared that strategy with her. She's gonna share it. She's a teacher, a second grade teacher that Ah, is shifting all of her teaching to online. And she is worried about her kids, extremely worried about her kids. And I suggested that she do this exercise with them and maybe write an email to their parents and suggest this exercise with them. Because it's not just gratitude. I can be grateful for those certainties, but more important is the certainties themselves. So that was my aha moment. Awesome. We're going to move into the alpha round to begin wrapping this up. I like to start that up off with, is there a particular impactful book for you? Either you read it, something in it at the right time in your life, or it's just looking back, it's just one of your all-time favorite books. I have two. Um, the first one was The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. I continue to refer to it very often. And then the second one is It's Time to Sell by Chris Spurvey. And um, it's a narrative. It's supposed to be a book. that one. It's supposed to be a business book, but it's a narrative. It's a story. And I love learning lessons from stories, obviously. Um, So I found that book to be pretty life-changing. Awesome. Is there a particular favorite quote that really sums up your approach to life? Uh, Just one that springs to mind when someone puts you on the spot like this? Absolutely. Mae West, I only regret the things I didn't do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it definitely sounds like you, you you don't regret asking your husband to marry you as well and i'm maybe you would have if you didn't well there you go exactly yep. I, and yep. it, granted sometimes i'm a little impulsive and um, when people ask me if i have regrets there are some things i i would like to have done differently but i also know that if i did it differently i wouldn't be who i am with the lessons i've mm. learned i wouldn't be as good a coach from your network and your podcast where you have guests on as well, who would you recommend as it would be a great fit for the Awaken Your Alpha podcast or even the Talk Accelerator podcast if you know they've done a TEDx talk in their, in their history? Oh my gosh, Heather Younger. Okay. She is one of my favorite people on the planet. She, that sounds we, like a good recommendation. <laughs> yes, we met on LinkedIn um, years back and she has not missed a No Longer Virtual Conference. And she happens to be um, one of my advanced copy readers of my book to provide feedback and to provide a blurb for my book. And she did TEDx Colorado Springs recently, which is a big one. And um, all about overcoming adversity by changing your mindset. And she- Man, that is a good recommendation. Yes. And her book is called The Seven Intuitive Laws of Employee Loyalty. And it's really about how a leader can develop loyalty among his employees or her employees. It's really cool. What a recommendation. That, that could be one of the best, you know, all the, you hit all the points there. You really, that's a really good fit for this show. Um, what is the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more and continue the conversation? Well, my website is elkinsconsulting.com. 
And you can find me on LinkedIn. My pen name on LinkedIn is The Smile is Free. Um, because back when I started on LinkedIn, I thought my work was going to be all about customer service and customer experience. But as, mm -hmm. as you know, I, I live and transitioned, so it morphed and shifted. Um, but elkinsconsulting.com, you can find the links to my podcast on that homepage. And um, I'm also a Gallup Certified Strengths Finder coach. So if you are interested in your team doing a retreat or even uh, a Zoom conference call to talk through strengths and how you can apply those right now while most people are shifting and have shifted to uh, working remotely, I'm happy to help. Perfect. Well, Sarah, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Adam. This is a blast. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com forward slash masterclass and you can get this completely free 45-minute training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker and thought leader in under 12 months without desperately chasing and wasting your time on the wrong opportunities. That training is brand new for 2021. You can jump over there. It really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. All right, have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.